Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Hello and welcome. This is Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey, and you're listening to Transformational Energy Leadership coming to you live from the heartland of America. Now, today shows the second of a two-part series on storytelling, and today we will explore the transformational leader's role in telling compelling stories to make true transformation happen at a personal, organizational, and community level. Now, during this show, I encourage you to go to my website over the commercial breaks. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com and learn more about me and my business offerings. And if you want to contact me, you can email me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. You can also go to this platform, that's voiceamerica.com under the Empowerment Channel, and you can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. And for everyone out there listening, this is a live show, so if you feel so compelled, call in and be part of this conversation. Now, today's show is called Transformational Leaders Have a Story to Tell. And joining me is Esther Choi. Let me tell you a little bit about Esther. She's the president of Leadership Story Lab. It's a training firm dedicated to teaching classical storytelling to modern leaders. She's also a lecturer in Kellogg's education, executive education programs and at the University of Zurich in Switzerland. She has coached thousands of executives at companies such as Allstate, BP, Berkshire Hathaway, Comcast, and many more. And what she does, she helps them gain promotions, motivate their teams, and also their customers through storytelling. And she has a book. It's called Let the Story Do the Work. It's a number one new release on Amazon. And it shows readers how to harness the power of storytelling across a range of industries. So, Esther, welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm excited to have you here as well because what you do translates to everyone listening on the show. We all have a story to tell, don't we? You know, so oh, yeah. I have to ask you, just coming out of the gate, how did you, I mean, you really created your own niche for yourself. And how did you get into teaching and coaching storytelling? Yeah, I get that question a lot, uh, especially when I started teaching uh, 10 years ago. Uh, hardly anyone has he- even heard of it. Is is that a thing? Um, and I can tell you, I uh, wasn't a, a goal of mine when I was a little girl, and I never told anybody that I wanted to grow up one day and uh, teach storytelling. So, like a lot of good things, it happens by uh, uh, happenstance, and but also uh, combining that with uh, paying attention and uh, uh, pretty keen observations. So I, uh, once upon a time, was an admission officer at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business, and I was one of their uh, admissions officers uh, in the uh, MBA, uh, full-time MBA program. And as uh, a gatekeeper um, for a very, very uh, prestigious and competitive program, um, we never had we never had lacked um, applicants uh, applying uh, for the few spots um, every class, 
But beyond credentials and competence and um, you know long list of uh, big names on their resumes, which we had plenty and just not enough seats for everybody with their mm-hmm. credentials and competence, um, what else? What really made the difference? And my experience has been that, yes, you do need credentials, you do need competence, you do need the experience, um, but in a competitive environment, you need more than that. You mm-hmm. need to be able to connect with decision makers in ways that make you sound and looked and, most importantly, feel like that you are the best fit, that you are the one. Because we are looking at evidence in the past to make decisions for the future. So the way a lot of people don't appreciate that it's a leap of faith, it requires decision maker to uh, exercise their imagination and for them to feel comfortable enough to make this judgment call that, hey, I see you as part of this uh, very prestigious university, this, this program. So you got to use stories, use a narrative in ways that resonates with decision makers. And I realized that the ones who have been successful, yes, they are very impressive people, but they also tell stories that connect with decision makers. So that was the true starting point of when I, once I realized that you need more than just working really, really, really hard, um, then I knew I was uh, onto something. That makes a lot of sense. And it, what you're saying there is, and I think, it, I mean, it translates to some, so many of the clients that I work with is that you come in the door and it's almost taken for, it's almost a check that, yes, okay, you've got the credentials, but there's so much more to it. And it's, it's, it's how you package yourself and how you, you make yourself memorable is I'm thinking of that triad of trust where you've got, you've got the, the technical aspect. Okay. That's there, but then there's some other pieces to it. And it's part, a big part of that is the empathy piece. And that's Mm -hmm. how story, right. It it helps connect with that empathy piece. Would you agree to that? I uh, like to remind my clients that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And the way, the best way to demonstrate that you care, not by telling them that you care, but by showing them that you care is by telling a good story. Yeah. And that makes a a tremendous amount of sense. So let's talk about how does, why is storytelling to you, Esther, why is it important and relevant in today's environment? (laughs) Well, we live in a world with a lot of noise and not just, (laughs) you know physical noise, and that's, there's a lot of that too, but it, there's a lot of noise in terms of things and peoples and products and services, and this is the next best thing, uh, a lot of things trying to get our attention. And at the same time, our attention span uh, ha- has been shrinking. And so in today's environment, the way to get people's attention first of all, and then once you get their attention to get them to care in a very noisy environment is, I believe, uh, selecting uh, a fitting 
uh, a good story and um, telling that in a very compelling way. You know, that's how you get people's attention and how you get them to care. To care. It, it, it really all comes back to that. I've said on the show and so many of my colleagues that I work with, we all speak about we are humans who are feelers who just happen to think. We're emotional. We're emotional beings. Oh, and then we happen to think. And what you're talking about is tapping into that emotion. It's because it is so primal. It's that's how we operate as human beings. You know, I I, I want to turn this towards leadership because I think that, I mean, that's what's so important. Why Why do you think storytelling or how is such a critical thing for all leaders to have? What is your aspect on that? Well, my um, I remember um, all the leaders that um, I've had the privilege of working for, working with, um, hardly ever used their positional powers or their mm-hmm. personal powers. Um, the leaders that I've gone above and beyond, even at times when um, I question why are we doing this, I'm or I don't think I am up for it because it's not my forte, or oh, this is just not the right time. Uh, whatever that might the the the, the excuse or reasons uh, might be, but I would still go above and beyond. Is that there's some there's something about these people who motivate me, and even despite some logical reasons where um, I would put less than a hundred percent, and so uh, I, especially in today's environment when there's a lot of noise, but we're also working with people across generations, uh, across very different um, belief systems that they may or may not immediately default to, oh, you have the positional powers, you are the one with the big titles, so I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Uh, Some would do that, but I think if there's a way that you can tap into uh, something that is intrinsic for people, they would go that extra mile for you. And then this is why I think it is especially a critical skills for modern leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I reflect on my leaders that I have aspired or I, I really felt like I connected with them, those are the ones who would, you know, there's always the mission and the vision for an organization. And they're, in many ways, so many of them sound similar but then when they start telling story, that's uh-huh. when, right? I mean, that's that's yep. when it really resonates with you and you go, oh, okay, that's what you mean by delivering high, pack, high impact, you know, quality or really delighting the client. And it's through those stories that would just really inspire me. So yep. I, I agree. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you there. So, you know, that takes me to the next question. Can one really learn how to be a better storyteller? <laughs> uh, I love that question because oftentimes we know these amazing storytellers in our lives, whether they are, you know, grandparents or aunts and uncles or just, you know, friends from, you know, 
uh, you know, back in college and whatnot. You know, just like there are these people who seem to just be so natural and so good at it, which can sometimes lead us to think that, well, because they're, they're born that way, you know, they have the <laughs> gift, and I don't, so it's hopeless, um, which is uh, a, a perfect uh, opportunity for me to say, you know, no, yes, they might have a gift, and yes, they actually might have role models in their own lives that they have been emulating and copying without consciously knowing that they have been doing so. But I believe that everyone can learn how to be a better storyteller because just like leadership, just like riding a bike, um, just like learning how to cook and learning to code, whatever that might be, there are concrete steps and deliberate process where you practice and get feedback and uh, practice and get feedback. If you follow the steps and the process, anyone can become a better storyteller. Mm, I like what you're saying. It reminds me of when we have a true growth mindset that when we get in that uncomfortable zone, challenges challenge ourselves, that's where the true growth happens. And like what you were just saying is when you've got concrete coaching, you've got someone to provide you meaningful feedback and to help you along the way, yes, you can indeed become a storyteller. And in fact, in your book, I really liked, it's called Let the Story Do the Work. I I found myself when reading through it, it's not it's not rocket science. It's, you know, I I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's, 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 when you think about what you said, when you put in your book, it's like, yeah, you're right. I can do this. And I, I, I found myself making and jotting notes about how I need to reframe some things that I say in my, you know, my usual stand up when I'm doing training facilitation or when I'm coaching and, and consulting with clients. And it, in, it's good, you know, when you, when you've got someone who, what you did, put meaningful things down that make sense and is, aha, you're right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm, let's pause right here. We're at a commercial break. And when we come back, let's dig into that deeper about what it is. What are some of the principles and guidelines and things that you work with your clients in helping them craft their story? So for everyone out there listening, go ahead. We're going to take a break. And during that time, feel free to go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com. And we will be back here in just a couple of minutes. So stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Sometimes the curveballs that life throws you are just too much to handle. You may have been abused. You may be going through serious addictions. You may be bullied. You may think it's over and nobody cares. Stop. There is a forum for you. 
Listen for Abba Daddy House Girls Speak Out, hosted by Annette Smith and Myrna Thatcher. We give you a voice and provide an outlet for your stories. We can help one show at a time. Tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you're lost in the dating world and need GPS, if you're stuck in dating hell and can't get out, if you're in need of a dating intervention, then Done Being Single with hosts Trevor and Robbie Sharp is your lifeline to love. From hookups to happily ever after, learn how to navigate single life and find the one. Tune in to Done Being Single Saturdays, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. So today we're talking about storytelling in its purest form, a skill and an art that all leaders need in their portfolio. And joining me today is Esther Choi. And Esther, when we left off before the commercial break, I asked you, really, can anyone learn how to be a storyteller? And you said emphatically, yes, that is the case. So I want to, I want to ask you then, how do you know when your story is really working yeah, yeah. You know, I had to chuckle earlier when you said, I like your book, it's not rocket science. And <laughs> it's true, it's not rocket science. But the delightful part, I think, for me and my readers and clients and people generally curious about how to become a better, better storyteller is that all the tools are almost right there in front of you. Um, just like, how do you know when your story is working? And in fact, I like to say that leadership storytelling is the strategic sequencing of facts and emotion. Mm. There's really no need of digging up newer things or shinier facts or going to accomplish more, eradicate a malaria or become, invent the next Google. Of course, all of that helps, but uh, the far more strategic and far more efficient um, thing that I think would be helpful is utilize what you have, but know how to sequence them. So, for this question, how do you know when your story is working, you know, it's a great question because that's your direct feedback, right? And you know when your story is working or not. It's right in front of you. And I look for three signs. First one is you can tell when people are captivated, when they're paying attention, or even when they are pondering, they're reflecting, they're thinking, so there are all sorts of nonverbal cues if we're paying attention to our audience rather than being preoccupied with our own performance. You know, is my hair straight? Um, you know, are they, uh, 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 is my voice okay? Uh, what was the next part of the story I wanted to say? Right? Instead of being overly preoccupied with ourselves, pay attention to your audience 
and looked at their nonverbal cues especially. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's one uh, larger source of uh, cues that we can gather whether to, to, to decide whether our story is working or not. The second um, category of, of, of signs is that when you're telling your story and it's resonating with your audience, they want to tell theirs too. Now, it may or may not work. It may not work with a, a really large audience because there's the social protocol where speaker speaks, audience listens. Um, but you can tell at the end if people come up to you, they offer you their stories, or they reach out to you. Or oftentimes, when we are speaking with smaller groups, make sure you pause and mm-hmm. make sure you give your audience. A, an opportunity to react because when your story is working, it's very natural for them to want to tell you theirs as well. Okay. The last group, the category of cues that I always look for is, do they have questions for you at the end? Because a good story never ends. Mm-hmm. That's one of my cardinal rule is that if you if you told a good story and it's working, you arouse your audience curiosity. There's always something more, something else that they would love to know. And so when give them an opportunity to 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 ask you questions and then if there are lots of questions then you know you've really hit the sweet sweet spot. That makes a ton of sense, and you packed a lot in there. I I want to go back to the, one of the things you said in the very beginning, and that was something about sequ- sequencing emotion and was it strategy? So strategic uh-huh. sequencing of facts and emotion. Facts and emotion, so. yes. That, that's such a nice way to, to sum it all up. And I love how you said, number one, pay attention to the people. So there's that empathy piece. And then the power of the pause, you know, when you're mm. when you're telling it and they, they want to tell you theirs. What we need to do as storytellers is let, let silence be part of the story. That's what adds drama to it. And then, of course, the questions. If you're up for it, we've got a caller who's called in from... From Denver. Are you ready for it? Great. All right. Of course. Love you. Awesome. Lorna, are you out there? I am. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Esther. Hi. Hi. Your conversation um, has has hit on so many notes, but fundamentally, I so agree with you that great leaders are really good storytellers, and at the same time, your point about our attention spans are shrinking but there's, there's so much noise and clutter out there. I would love your recommendation on how to tell a story um, by assessing that fine line between storytelling and oversharing or even over-emoting. You want to get an audience reaction. You want to get them involved. But how do you recommend we, we hit that fine line and don't go too far? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that is such a great question. Um, uh, Matthew, I invite you to, to wait in as well. I certainly don't <laughs> want to claim that I, I know all the answers. But um, so uh, a few thoughts. Um, first one immediately comes to mind is that it is both a uh, 
it is both, it is a question that requires a couple of hard rules, but also judgment call. So what I mean by hard rules are those should apply to everyone, every types of audience, uh, no matter who they are, uh, what, what, what settings, and, and things like that. And then the, the, the flip side of that is that, you know, there's, there's, always, there's always exceptions, you know, it depends. And so that's where I'm coming from to that question. And so the two rules, um, are, to me anyway, a hard, fast rule, um, is actually coming from um, the National Speaker Association. And that is, um, we should never use our audience as therapy. Right. So if right. there are challenges or issues or even, you know, really, you know, a difficult phase in our life or and whatever that might be, we got to make sure that we have already sufficiently dealt with it, that uh, mm-hmm. we know where we stand, um, although it might still be an ongoing issue, ongoing challenge, but we tell that story to our audience not because... It's part of our therapy, period. You know something so I... I, I go, you know oh, something, go ahead. Yeah, you know something I was thinking too is there's also just the why not practice your stories with people that you trust and get their feedback. You know, it's as yeah. simple as that too. So that, Because I think, Lorna, you, you bring up a really good point. There is that line and without over-emoting, but yet you still want to convey passion and energy through your story, and that's also what's so attractive to other people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we are drawn to other people's emotion because emotion is just the thing that is contagious, right? And uh, But that means then as leaders, we have the obligation to use it wisely and judiciously and ethically and um, using it as a way to motivate, to, to catch people's attention and, you know, block out the noises and whatnot, but not using our audience as a form of therapy. So that's one. And yeah. um, two is I'd always, and this is, um, actually I'm glad you bring this up, this is questions because that's something that I hope later, you know, we'll have a chance to talk about is that who is supposed to be the focus of us telling our stories, right? If you think about right. that mm. relationship of the story that's being shared, the storyteller, and then the audience, who should sits on the top of the hierarchy. To me, it should be audience. It should always be the audience. Uh, in this context, anyway, in the modern business leadership context, even, even though if the story is yours, it's the storytellers, it's not anybody else's. And so the second heart rule for me is that what is that going to do for your audience when you decide to share a certain story and the emotions that come with the story. Is it going to help them? Or if so, in what ways? And if it's not going to be truly value-add to them, then that's a really good indication on where you should draw the line. I don't know. That's, that's my, my take oh, on it. I oh. Yours is a very thoughtful answer, and I and I love the blend of it's a heart, 
and a head or judgment call and words like don't use your audience's therapy and really hone in on who the focus of the stories is. Um, we really are we're upping the ante and more people likely need your kind of help. And I'm sure you and Matthew could have a whole other session, honestly, on where this is going right now. Uh, but you've been extremely helpful to me in answering my question about the, that fine line. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you for your question. Yes. Appreciate I appreciate you chiming in. That was really, really a, a nice a nice add-on to the conversation we're having. Well, thank you. You know, Esther, yes, that is so powerful when you're talking about heart and head and emotion and all of that. And when I'm thinking of heart, head, and emotion, one of the things I'm thinking about when putting myself in a leadership role or I look at leaders, there is so much change rapid, some might even call it turbulence going on right now in the market mm-hmm. and with companies mm-hmm. acquiring others. And I'm just thinking the power of story here has got to be paramount. What are your thoughts about leaders and really guiding, what do I want to say, guide or lead change during these times when things are just moving so fast? Yeah, and in fact, my... Uh my response may not be what people like to hear. Um, to your questions, things are moving fast, and often the high-stake decisions are the ones that's moving the fastest. Mm. And so uh, as a result, we may not feel like we have the, the luxury of time to, to, to consider, to ponder, and to really reflect. But I would argue, and this is the part that I think this might not be what people want to hear, it's a especially high-stake, fast-moving um, decisions that requires um, its, its own space and time to consider. Because one of the things is that what is your intention of using stories? Mm. Anytime you're given and we're discovered, you have an opportunity um, to use a very powerful tool, such as storytelling. I believe we have the moral obligation to use it right because storytelling, um, it's, it's good, it, it's, it helps us motivate and inspire, but, you know, storytelling can also be used to deceive, to lie. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's why we have, and I believe most people don't wake up in the morning and rub their hands and, you know, flash their evil grin, you know, into the mirror and think about what evil deeds can I uh, inflict on the world and make everyone suffer. You know, majority of people don't do that, right? But mm-hmm. sometimes decisions can still have negative consequences and impact a lot of people because we have not taken the time to thought through um, our decisions making and especially our intention. So I'm not going to boil the ocean at <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this show, but I would just urge everyone who is listening out there to give yourself and give your, your stakeholders the, the space and the time that they deserve, that you deserve to really think about why am I saying this? Why am I using this, this story? What good would it create for my audience? 
Uh, it comes back to that beautiful power of the pause. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and the undertones. <laughs> yeah, and, and the intentions. That means, that speaks volumes right there. We're at a, I tell you what, we're at a commercial break right now. So when we come back, let's keep on talking about all of this and 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 also go into some cardinal do's and don'ts with storytelling. And I think we've already started some of that conversation now. So everyone out there, stay tuned. We'll be back in in just a few moments. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life and for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We all experience grief and loss. It's not something most people like to talk about, but these topics do need to be discussed. On Let's Talk About Grief, host Addie Anderson speaks to both professionals and individuals about grief, death, and personal loss. You'll hear the important topics, the personal and professional outlooks, and learn how to prepare yourself and loved ones when the need arises. Listen Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. The White House Doctor Makes House Calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back. Today, my guest is Esther Choi. We're discussing this, the, how storytelling is really an art form, and it's also a skill that really all leaders need to master for greater resonance with whom all, with everyone they engage, whether it's employees, it's coworkers, customers, and, and clients and such. And we had a caller call in, last, in the last segment, and we really started to get into the, the heart and the head of telling a story and also the, the intentions that, that we go into telling a story. And Esther, I, I know in your book, you really do a nice job of outlining five basic plots in any business communication. Would you mind sharing those with us? Sure, sure, I'd love to. 
So, like I said, like any skill set, um, there are steps and uh, process where uh, once you uh, learn that and master that, uh, it makes the time that you invest in learning um, the skill set um, all that much more rewarding. And so, this is one of the skill sets is that there might be hundreds and thousands, millions of different stories, business stories, but when you really think about the true essence or in um, our world we call them plots, uh, there are really only five different types of business stories. Mm -hmm. The first one is origin, as in how did it get started? It could be a new product line or it could be the start of the company. Um, The second plot is called rags to riches, and that often uh, uh, denotes to how does a person or company go from a very low point, pretty hopeless point, to a a, a very high enviable point, rags to riches. Mm -hmm. The third plot is called rebirth, as in not necessarily a physical rebirth from death to life, but maybe a near-death experience, uh, maybe financially and maybe organizationally, uh, where there's some literal or figurative situations that's near-death, but in fact is the genesis of positive change. The fourth one is called overcoming the monster, not necessarily someone, uh, an actual monster with jagged teeth, again, <laughs> but it's more of overcoming something bad or evil and eventually eliminating it. And the last one is called a quest, and that is uh, a goal uh, somewhere far out there that seemingly is unachievable, but in fact is achievable. So those are the five, origin, racks to riches, rebirth, Overcoming the monster and the quest. Each carries a different emotional over and undertone. Each has a different um, uh, quality of emotion that tend to incite in your audience, and therefore it um, has different potential in getting them re- to react to take actions. And I would encourage everyone to really think about as they select their story, shape their story, decide which story to share, what is the intended goal, what is the intended outcome, and actually work backwards. And again, think about your audience first, think about what is the ultimate goal here, and then work your way back to shaping your story. And you know what I really like about what you just said? All those five things, every single human being has a story that fits into one of those categories. And like you said, understand your intentions and motivations. But when you think about, oh, I've got to give this presentation in, you know, in board in the boardroom or I've got to facilitate something, stop and think about what's something that's going to emotionally connect people to you. And it doesn't have to be a long story at all. It can be just a short rags to, to riches or like you said, an origin story. Here's how I got started in this field. But make it some sort of, it doesn't have to be a long epithet. It can just be a short synopsis of something, and you can hook people right from the beginning by doing that. Yes. It makes so yes. much sense. It's in fact, the, the, uh, 
you know, where I think this is so useful is that the particular details and situations and timing and all of that could be different, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there could be countless uh, number of combinations of timing, locations, setting, and, and whatnot. But a good story tends to have this universal appeal, to your point, you know, right, something yeah. that really draws people in that, oh, yeah, I can relate to that. You know, one of the things that sometimes I open with my keynote uh, with a little bit of my signature self-deprecating humor is that I often have a hard time explaining to my mother what is it that I do for a living. Um, <laughs> Uh, maybe you know a lot of people, or you know, can relate to that. Uh, but for me, it's not only explaining to my mother what is it that I do for a living, but she wonders, is what you do legit? Can you really <laughs> make a living, a legitimate living, out of teaching people how to tell stories? You know, and it's a it's a icebreaker, uh, but. More importantly, it, it appeals to people, and it's nothing big, right? You don't have to yeah. start off with, you know, I cure cancer for all humankind. Um, something small like that that really um, let your audience get a sense of a little bit of who you are, but more importantly, help them relate to you. Yes, being relatable is is absolutely key. You know, that takes me uh, to another question I have for you because... When, for example, I do, I work with a lot of consultants, for example, and, and part of helping them get, you know, master their consultant ways and, and things is to how we always encourage them, you know, you need to have a pitch, some sort of a, an elevator pitch or what have you. And, and so that brings me to my, my question for you is when you think about pitch, a presentation and a story, what, how, what's the difference between those? Yeah, that is a hard question. Uh, they certainly overlap. Uh, there could be story in the presentation, or the presentation can be a story, or a pitch is a, is a story. And, and, you know, people use them almost interchangeably with some formality, format differences. Um, where I uh, advise my clients is also that, again, uh, you might be tired of listening to this again. What is your intended outcome? Right? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, a pitch is just what it is. You know, I have um, X, Y, and Z. Um, I think my reasons uh, for you to pay attention is A, B, and C. And then here are the reasons, here are the benefits that you should pay attention to. You know, it's just very tight, short, punchy, uh, pitch tends to be more, you know, of a one-way. But when a pitch is done well, it opens up uh, an opportunity for conversation if it's done well because then hopefully you have follow-up questions. Oh, you know, where do you do this? How can I get a hold of this? How can I get more information? So on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, presentation is a more traditional sense where, you know, you're seated, you have a group of seated audience and you have you know, some technologies to help you convey the visual elements and then you have speakers. And But that is not to say that a presentation can't be a pitch or that you can use stories um, within a presentation. 
where I come in, where I use story to help my clients um, do a better job with their presentations and their pitch, is not only the story in its most classical sense, right, where you read fable or, um, you know, the uh, giant's literary work in the past, but it's understanding the key elements in all good stories and how can you extrapolate that in presentation, in pitch, but don't stop there. Think Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. your email. Think about your opportunity when you're um, standing around um, your kid's uh, uh, soccer game and waiting for it to start, and then you're standing next to uh, another parent who works for a company that you're trying to get to know better, right? And so every time we have any opportunity to communicate with anyone, let's think about some of the key elements in the stories And how can that help you? One thing I used all the time and I spend the most most of my attention with my client is how do you hook people's attention right from the start? Right. That's a good one, yes. (laughs) Because my cardinal rule is that you have to earn your right to tell your story. Don't assume that it's your God-given right or you're entitled to other people's time and attention just because you have a good story. You have to earn your right. But how do you earn your right? Well, you start with a good hook. A hook in an email is the subject line. A hook in a presentation could be a story in and of itself. There's all sorts of ways to systematically create good hooks um, in the beginning, and that's what I spend, ironically, most of my time with my clients working on, and the hook is the shortest part of the story. And right from the beginning. You know what I'd like to do? Let's go ahead and go to commercial break, and when we come back, let's let's talk a little bit more about any other do's and don'ts that we should be thinking about when we're doing storytelling. So let's stay tuned right here, and for everyone out there, We will be back here in just a few moments. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. 
VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to the show. Today's show is called Transformational Leaders Have a Story to Tell. And my guest, Esther Choi, and I have been talking about how story, when it's done right, can have lasting and powerful effects. And Esther, right before the break, we started to go into some of the cardinal do's and don'ts when it comes to storytelling. And before the show ends, I want to make sure we also know, okay, what are the things we should and should not do? So you were just starting them, so I'm going to hand it over to you. Well, thank you. Um, there are immense possibilities. The sky's the limit, and you know this is a great space, great opportunity to exercise your creativity. However, creativity also works best when there are uh, certain limitations. Um, it actually mm, creates freedom for us uh, to to be creative. So anyway, the, I've already alluded to the first one and uh, before the commercial break, and that is you, we shouldn't assume that just because we have a great story, then we're entitled to uh, our audience's time and attention. We have to earn our rights to tell stories. And so that's the number one uh, cardinal rule. Even if your story is, a, is, is yours, but when you tell the story, then it's not about you. It's about the audience. So make sure in the beginning you've earned your right to tell your story by placing a hook. Cardinal rule number two is please don't ever start your story with let me tell you a story. Mm-hmm. Um, why not? Well, after all, that's what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> Why not just say, hey, you know, let me tell you a story. Well, the reason why is that never forget, ever always remember um, that we are here, you know, riffing about the the virtues of storytelling, but never forget that um, there are people who are suspicious of storytelling. Um, Quick anecdote, uh, this past year after I came back uh, from teaching in Switzerland, um, I went through immigration, and um, I presented my paper, and then the immigration officer asked me all sorts of typical questions. Where were you? What were you doing? How long were you away? And that sort of thing. And then when he got to the questions, what do you do? I said, <laughs> ha-ha, here's my ideas. I said, I, I, I teach storytelling. Now, mind you, at this point, the officer never looked up at me. He was focusing on my paperwork. Then, when I said storytelling, it was the first time he looked up for my paperwork, and he said, do you mean you tell people how to lie? (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Right. So, um, we ended up having a great conversation to talk about my book. I had a copy of it. He took a picture of the copy. He said he's going to look it up. But never... 
forget that for as many people who love and believe in the virtue of storytelling, there are those who are rightfully suspicious of stories. And so when you, what, what happened when you foreshadow your story by saying, let me tell you a story, oftentimes the, the alarm bell goes off, or even if they're not suspicious, a lot of times what they wonder immediately is, oh my gosh, how long is this going to take? <laughs> right. <laughs> so that echoes the first point is that earn your right to tell your story, start with a scene, hook their attention right off the bat, and then all of those concerns will become a moot point. Right. Last rule so, is not... Don't don't be too focused on what you want to say, what you want to share. Instead, focus on what your audience need to hear. Hmm. And those are the three. I love it. And that last one makes so much sense. What is it? And and to in the moment, what do I, what do I want to say? You customize it to the needs of the audience and who you're work who you're engaging with, and that makes a lot of sense. So don't go into it assuming that you're entitled. Don't start with "Let me tell you a story," and always be focused on the audience. You know, we've got just like two minutes left, and so for all the listening audience, what's what's the one takeaway you want them to think about after this show is over? Embrace storytelling. Just. Uh, remember the few uh, do's and don'ts because working hard, having great intention is not enough to get you to your, you to your next, next point in life. You have to be able to really connect and relate to your audience, the decisions maker, and the best way to do that is through storytelling. And to give the space and time it deserves, using that pause and to all that you've you've shared so many wonderful insights about about storytelling, Esther, and I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Esther, what would be or how can listeners get in touch with you? Well, um, we're on the usual social medias. Our website is uh, leadershipstorylab.com, um, leadershipstorylab, all in one word, dot com. Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I uh, am a little slow with social media, but I am there. And so our Twitter account is at leaderstorylab leader at, at leader story lab and i would love to hear from you about how you apply storytelling uh what are their uh, uh impacts and let me know how i can help you fantastic thank you esther for sharing and and being part of the conversation today i really really appreciate it and i hope i get to work with you again down the road this has been a lot of fun so for all the everyone out there that's listening, if you have a topic you want covered on the show or if you think there's someone that we should have a conversation with that will bring more enlightenment to our conversation about transformational energy leader, let me know. You can log on to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com. You can contact me via the social media outlets. And until next time, harness your positive energy and lead that transformation. We'll talk with you next week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Have a great week.